Welcome to Karma-like Conversations. This is your host, Francis Harry. The famous sun miracle at Fatima, Portugal, on October 13, 1917, continues to be a topic of discussion even over 100 years later. And I have with me today Angela Winfield. She's a discount Carmelite secular from the community in Dayton, Ohio. And she's going to share her thoughts on the Carmelite influence portrayed in the final apparition at Fatima in which the sun miracle occurred. The title of her presentation is Communism, Carmel, and the Cure. So that should really pique your interest. But let us, as always, first begin with a prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Lord, you are gracious and merciful to us, always drawing us closer to you through people, signs, and symbols. Send forth your Holy Spirit to enlighten our minds, enkindle our hearts so that we may respond favorably to your call. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. So, Angela, welcome to Carmelite Conversations. How are you? I'm doing just fine. I'm still coming down from a high at, uh, on my retreat. I just came back from a couple hours ago. I'm glad we caught you in this grace-filled time because you have a presentation you gave to our community recently, and we wanted to get you here on Carmelite Conversations with it. Because I think a lot of people will be really interested in what you have to share with us about communism, Carmel, and the cure. So mm -hmm. let's hear what, what, let's begin. Okay. Well, I was drawn to this. I've studied a lot about Fatima and, um, you know, many years ago. And I am a, an interpreter, a historic interpreter over at Carillon Park in Dayton, Ohio. Uh, it's a, Outdoor Open Museum, which includes uh, the Aviation Museum of the Wright Brothers. And one of the things that kind of connected me with Mar the Miracle of the Sun was how uh, museums like to use, well, they like to use a lot of electronic displays to make history more interesting. Right, uh, I've been there and I push those buttons. <laughs> exactly. And then you, you got the lights coming down and you got voices coming overhead and stuff. And it's meant to get your attention, clearly. And uh, as an interpreter, I'm not able to talk to the people about what I know about the Wright brothers because their attention, their focus is on the fantastic display taking place around them. So I was thinking the same thing about the miracle of the sun. I mean, why did heaven choose this way of giving a message to us when with Lords and La Salette and all that, it was very quiet. It was, there wasn't any need for all the natural special effects. And I think it's because that at that time in the late 19th century with the Wright brothers included, there was a great influx of inventions coming into people's lives and affecting their daily life, which affects us even now. Uh, radios, um, the bicycle, bicycle which became the airplane, uh, the sewing machine, uh, electric lights uh, which came from gas lights and so you know people are getting bombarded with all this brand new stuff going on in their lives including um, new ways of thought. So we see people like Margaret Sanger and Adolf Hitler, I mean uh, people with that sort of thinking is coming in. Along with that is communism. Communism is the, the major error that Our Lady pointed out that we needed to pray, pray very hard about, because communism does come from Freemasonry. Freemasonry is rooted in man, being centered around man, that man can get himself to heaven. He doesn't need God. And we see this specific core element in a lot of things happening at that time and people of course couldn't help but be mesmerized you've got the inventions that i mean we can now fly in the sky and people are no doubt thinking what can man not do you know with what we're accomplishing 
And I do believe that in the midst of all of this, um, God sees we're going to go down the wrong path. And so he sends our lady to, you know, a good mother to come over and to, you know, to warn us we're going down the wrong path. The, the thing that we complain about the most today is how can we find silence? How can we find time to pray? We Even our families are scattered because of internet usage and cell phones. And when we were little, I mean, a television, you just had one television, maybe two televisions in your home. And if you wanted to watch something, you had to watch the same thing your mom and dad wanted to watch or your grandparents wanted to watch. (laughs) You couldn't just choose to watch what you wanted to watch. Right. (laughs) You know, so um, this this stuff is happening and it's, uh, you know, people are, are not thinking about God so much. So the natural cure, so to speak, would be caramel. Carmel was a special place for Our Lady. She was foreshadowed there by the little cloud. Okay, and you're talking about Mount Carmel, right? Mount Carmel, yes. Okay. Sorry. Well, the with Elijah, you know, saw the little little cloud, and then how wonderful! I mean, when Our Lady is born, her family, her parents took her to Mount Carmel, where they would, you know, pray. I mean, of course, her prayers are always perfect. Uh, in life and in heaven, and she, um, of course, uh, would have visited there when she and St. Joseph were in their flight to Egypt, because Mount Carmel sits directly on the route between Bethlehem and Egypt, mm-hmm. so naturally, they would have stopped there to pray on their way to Egypt, and stopped there to pray on their way back. Um, the Carmelite vocation is one of interior um, connection with God through silence, um, penance, prayer, but especially silence. And we that's becoming a rarer commodity nowadays. And that's a big connection with um, what the prophet Elisha experienced on top of Mount Carmel. Mm-hmm. Uh, and later when he heard the still small voice uh, yes. <laughs> at another time, yes. but, um, so, of course, on Mount Carmel, he saw the little cloud, which represents Our Lady. We'll bring that mm-hmm. in. And, and so um, she's foreshadowed there. Yes. Um, and, of course, we know she's the patroness of the Carmelite order, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's interesting to think the queen came, the queen of heaven came to visit something very special to her, and that would be Mount Carmel. You know, it's like her heart. She came to visit her heart. Right. And so um, she is helping us fight these distractions then. Exactly. Um, Because, you know, when you look at the household that, you know, St. Jacinta and St. Francisco um, lived in the very, very simple surroundings, the the family still gathered together at night. Um, They still had intact families to a point of course if the father died it would be you know up to the mother to help survive but that is such stark contrast to what we have today where it's largely a lot of single parents so um i guess where i'm going with that is that there was a simplicity to their life back then because these things had not fully integrated into everybody's lives yet Mm so um but God sees way far ahead of time, uh, you know, down the road than we do. And he sees what this influence of communism is going to have on people. And by having Our Lady come and, of course, presenting the brown scapular, that was what helped save Carmel when it moved from Palestine to England. And St. Simon's stock had been given, you know, the position of superior general. And then why did he... Talk, why did he uh, invoke uh, or pray to Our Lady? What, what happened there that, that is uh, applicable to what we're talking now? Uh, yeah, they were getting besieged from the outside and from the inside with materialism and worldliness, and they almost fell apart because of it. And he was 80 years old when he was given the position of you know, president, superior general of the community of the order. And he was 90 when he made these uh, these prayers and appeals to Our Lady, and she came with the brown scapular. 
And as soon as he applied that, you know, uh, that remedy took hold. It, of course, we, it went from a large scapular to a much smaller one. And in fact, there are miracles attached to the brown scapular, even the fact that, um, uh, was it St. John Bosco or St. Alphonsus Liguori? Um, when their coffins were opened up, their, their bodies were corrupt, but the brown scapular was the only thing still intact. So it's a powerful, powerful prayer. And of course, Our Lady wanted to establish uh, the devotion to the Immaculate Heart, but the brown scapular, that's the cure. That along with the prayer, the penance, and the contemplation that comes with Carmel. That's why I feel like the miracle of the sun, this apparition of Fatima is more Carmelite than any other that I have uh, seen. Well, let's talk about um, the community in Fatima. What was it like and um, why would Our Lady have chosen to come to Fatima? Well, they were, uh, in 1910, they had rejected their Catholicism. They rejected their Catholic roots and monarchy like so many other nations were doing. Um, this was something that was already starting at the end of the um, 18th century with the French Revolution. Um, so they had become a republic. They were atheistic, they were secular. And a lot of the people who were out there, um, you know, the Catholic Church was suffering from persecution at the time. A lot of the people who were there at the time of the miracle of the sun, uh, many of them were atheistic, secular. One was a professor who was standing on a hill. He didn't want to get involved with it, but he just wanted to kind of like poke fun at this, what he considered the sheer ignorance and stupidity of the people who had gathered. Uh, but later on, after he had witnessed the dance of the sun and the sun ripping itself away from the firmament and coming after them, he, he did convert. And they had to print it up in the newspapers. This was a historic event that's well documented. So it's not something anybody imagined. So let's talk a little bit about what the visionaries, Lucia or Lucia, um, Jacinta and Francisco, what they experienced during the miracle of the sun. Because the people, I mean, there was like 70,000 people mm -hmm. um, that they estimate were there present. And and it was raining cats and dogs <laughs> when yes. they were there waiting for mm -hmm. this. And, th and Our Lady announced that this that she would um, provide a miracle. Um, to, she announced the miracle in advance for the people so that yes. they could come. And so, you know, when people heard there was going to be a miracle, of course, lots of people came. So 70,000 people of all walks of life are there and mm -hmm. it's raining cats and dogs. Yes. And uh, Lucia says, um, and, and, and she comes at, at the time, it was supposed to be noon, but the people are there and it's like afternoon, it's like one thirty, and, you know, she hadn't, our lady hadn't arrived yet. And, um, but it was solar noon. So according to uh -huh. how the sun was positioned, which yes. I think is so neat. Um, <laughs> and because the sun represents the father in, in a sense, you know, so uh, at noon, then when at, at the solar noon, uh, Lucia says, you know, shut your umbrellas. And so all the people obedient to her, uh -huh. um, they shut the umbrellas and it's still raining. Yes. And then comes the miracle. Our lady arrives and tell us what happened to the people and then what happened to the the three shepherd children well remember that with the three shepherd children lucia was the only one who could see and hear our lady uh saint jacinta could only she could see she and could hear only... she could see and hear but she didn't hear and see everything that lucia That's saw right. on this and final on right. this final apparition and francisco couldn't I don't think he could hear or see any of it right. at all, but he he could, he could see some, but he couldn't hear. Yeah, right, right. So um, the people they did see the sun go through the the dance. It turned into a silver disc. They could look straight at it. You can look at photos and see people are looking at it and they're not squinting. Um, the uh, the sun was giving off rainbow lights. 
in which you know the, the the world around them would turn red if it was giving off red lights. It was giving if it gave off yellow, everything around them would turn yellow. So I mean, the people were all you know gaze about everything that they they were seeing. It was mesmerizing. And they were and, scared at first, weren't they? I mean, yeah. first they're awed because they're seeing uh -huh. this miracle of the sun dancing and everything, and yeah. then it it breaks away and comes uh -huh. towards them, and they are like, Panic "This stricken. is the end," you know. Exactly. They were in very fact, fearful. <laughs> yeah. In fact, there is an account of a young boy who was a shepherd boy. You didn't even have to be in the COVID era to see this. You had to be like within a thirty-six mile radius. Mm -hmm. And he had given an account later on that said that he did not remember what happened to the sheep that he was taking care of, because as soon as he saw the sun rip itself away from the sky, he saw the dance as well. But when it ripped itself away from the sky, he ran for his life. And yeah, people were panicking. Some were falling down to their knees. They were even giving their confessions. I don't think we would have wanted to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, instantaneous. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know. And so I think what God was telling everybody, look, you know, he is the one who's in control of nature. He's the one in, uh, in control of life. You know, don't get so attached to everything you're seeing temporally because he's the one who's the head of, uh, you know, author of life. He's the one in control of nature. But uh, now as a result of that, there were some people who were healed and some people were converted. And, um, and also it was amazing that their clothes were dry after yeah. that experience after of the happened. sun. They had been sopping wet and now their yep. clothes were dry and even clean. They weren't yes. muddy. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, all of that is pretty miraculous. Now, the three visionaries, the three shepherd children, um, they had a different experience. Um, the three of them saw what all together? And then it's, Lucia saw some things in addition that the other two did not say. Can you give us an idea of what that was? Yeah, they saw the the the, the tableaus. I mean, there was this these um, like uh, when I say tableau, I guess it would be like you're you're seeing a large picture, like a it's vision got, and a vision. <laughs> yeah, like a vision. Uh, Saint Joseph, he was uh, there to the uh, left of the sun, I believe it was. Mm -hmm. And he's, but he's only seen from the waist up and he's holding the child Jesus yeah. and they are both blessing the world. Mm -hmm. um, this can be taken as Carmelite too, because he is the patron saint of the Discalced Carmelite order. Yes, he is. Yeah. And, and our lady is to the right of the sun. And, exactly. and how is she dressed? She changes. She starts out as our lady of the rosary. And then changes in, uh, you know, it to Our Lady of Sorrows, uh, Dolores, but she doesn't have the swords in her heart. She's dressed in purple. Mm -hmm. And uh, Jesus, let's see, she, Jesus is standing there blessing the world. He's as a grown man. Right. And, and this part only Lucia sees. Right. Uh, Jacinta and Francisco only saw the first one, which you know, represents the joyful mysteries of the rosary. And, and when yeah. Our Lady appears with just the blue robe, I mean, Perfect. the white robe and the blue mantle, I mean, you, you might call that Our Lady of Grace or the Immaculate Conception. Oh, um, yes. Yeah. And of course, the Blessed Mother calls herself in this apparition overall, Our Lady of Rosary. She announces that. And, yeah, um, and I looked up the picture of Our Lady of the Rosary, and it is, it's distinctive. Our Lady yeah. of Rosary. And so all those connections, you know, and then the people, yeah. of course, they're thinking of all these things because mm -hmm. Lourdes was not far from some of their minds. Um, and then, of course, Lucia then continues seeing uh, the apparition of Our Lady of Dolors or Our Lady of Sorrows and mm -hmm. then uh, grown-up Jesus blessing the world. And then Luci Lucia also sees a third image, which yes, is our, our Lady of Mount Carmel. Our Lady of Mount Carmel, which is the yeah. final one. Yeah. And, and what, does, what does that say to you, Angela? Contemplation, meditation. Uh, it, the very thing that people really do not want to do, especially during this day. I think it was St. Pope John Paul II who said that this um, apparition at Fatima is as 
pertinent today as it was over a hundred years ago. This is a, a powerful apparition. And yes, meditation contemplation is very hard for people to break away from the addiction of the internet and being on the phone. The distractions. Uh, exactly. <laughs> just distract themselves until life just kind of passes them by. Mm -hmm. um, but that brown scapular too, uh, it, you know, we have to do more than just wear it. We do have to pray the brown scapular or the prayer to Our Lady of Mount Carmel. So um, you would say noise is the dictator. <laughs> exactly, it is the dictator. When I when I was I work from home now, but when I'm at work over at the center, um, you know, and we're dealing with telephone calls. You're dealing with the disabled, and it takes a lot of stress out on you. So I go to the break room to de-stress. Well, other people try to de-stress by using their cell phones, you know, so they're playing their TVs, their videos loudly. And it's usually not even music anymore. They really tend to do more of the video more than audio. And they've got it turned up loud. So I go outside in order to get myself to de-stress. And there are more people standing around with their cell phones and listening to more videos. And it's like, I cannot find a place to get stressed. So you, you're, you're trying to find the outer silence so you can bank on that inner uh -huh. silence. And exactly. Uh, as a Carmelite, it's that interior silence, which is the most important, of course. Yeah. So, and, you know, and what happens in this silence that we're seeking? What, what's, what's a Carmelite doing? Oh, there's a lot more to it. I mean, you're hearing God's voice. But there's an action of the Holy Spirit taking place that we don't even see. And I have experienced that in this retreat. Um, it was clearly guided and controlled by the Holy Spirit. Uh, they, the, the Holy Spirit makes changes within you. You don't even realize. And when you come away from it, you are so refreshed. Uh, you feel alive. But. The only way you can experience any of that is by taking control of your the, the distractions. Because even the hermits, the early Carmelite hermits, they broke away from the communities there. They had no problems with electronics. So it's not electronics as being evil, but the distractions that they create. And so even in the Carmelite, the people of you know, the early Carmelite hermits, they were getting away from the cellars in the streets, the, the occasional fights and brawls, the, the women gossiping, the children crying and playing and dogs and cats barking and, you know, getting underfoot. So they broke away from that to recede to Mount Carmel and to, you know, they did penance and prayer and, and you know, worship. And I know um, on a Sunday you talked about this prayer, this contemplative prayer this silent prayer um you compared it like two lovers or two close friends yeah. you, you want to uh comment on that yeah um yeah uh, carmel is secure uh, is the cure turning off electronics and phones for an hour or two and just sitting with a prayer card a bible or other spirit good spiritual book which is exactly what saint Teresa of avila did uh, because uh, you know it's hard to just cut off and you're going to have those wild horses going on inside your head so you know don't go into the silence expecting anything just let the holy spirit be the one to lead you and if nothing comes to mind no thoughts no prayers that's fine um yeah like two lovers or very close friends just spend the time wordlessly in each other's presence because he is the beloved of our soul jesus and um he loves us with an anxiety we can't even imagine so yeah uh, and you coming off from a retreat i'm sure yes. it took you a little while i would guess to settle down and get the wild yeah. horses to to calm down <laughs> <laughs> go out to pasture yeah. and then to get um you know to to get into the silence with the lord but um i know that uh we are benefiting from your time and from your sharing with us about um carmel as um the 
the cure through um, yeah. the sun miracle at Fatima. And um, so we're, we're grateful for what you shared with us today. And, and I think we can end with this thought. Um, and that is that uh, our Holy Mother, St. Teresa Valo would say, keep your eyes on Christ, right? Yes. Oh, absolutely. He is our guiding light in our life. All right. Well, it's a joy having you with us on Carmelite Conversations. Thank you for sharing that. We learned a little bit more about our Carmelite connection. And then I know Lucia, when she became a Carmelite nun, uh, she was later famous for saying that through the rosary and the scapular, the world would be saved. So yeah. I think you've helped encourage us in all of that. You, um, you uh, are a great model of that in our community, and you're always promoting the rosary. So we thank you for all that you do for Carmel and for Our Lady. And I thank you again for being here with me on Carmelite Conversations. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure and an honor. All right. Bye now. Bye. God bless. God bless you. <laughs>
the Dayton area, um, you know, take an opportunity to look a little deeper into us and see if there isn't an opportunity for you to get involved, to volunteer in some way. And what I want to promise you is that you'll capture the zeal that Michael talked about and you will find yourself transformed by participation in the ministry itself. And you will see the face of Christ in those you serve. And in that spirit, let us pray for the poor and the needy in our society. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Lord God, you came to give honor to the least, those forgotten, overlooked, and misjudged. You came to give first place to the last, those left behind, misunderstood, and undervalued. You came to give a warm welcome to the lost, those who are orphaned, abandoned, and destitute. Help us to be your ears to listen to their cries. Help us to be your voice speaking out of love and acceptance. Help us to be your feet walking beside those in need. Help us to be your hands to clothe, feed, and shelter them. You came for the least, the lost, and the last of this world. Lord, hear our prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. A reminder, you've been listening to Carmelite Conversations on Radio Maria a Christian voice in your home until we're with you again next week. God bless.